friends, are you unsure of what to say on social media or what to even send in your weekly emails? Well, what if creating content could be easy? Would you be looking for a shortcut to creating consistent content? Yes, consistent content, because you know consistency is key. Well, let me tell you, you are not alone when you feel like you're struggling on what to post or what to write in emails. And we know that you have that product part of your business down. But as you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know that to get more people to your products, to buy your products, you need to create great content. Oh, I know, I see. I keep saying content, and that's the dreaded C word. And we can't tell you how many product bosses tell us that they want to create great content for their audience and their customers, but they don't know what to say, or they are so busy. They can't find the time, or they really, really, really don't want to be the face of their brand. Well, no worries, because that's exactly why we created a year of content. It is your shortcut to creating consistent content that resonates with your audience and brings more loyal customers who can't wait to buy your products. If you want to see how easy this is and how easy it is to create content for your audience and your customers, head to www.ayearofcontent.com. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlo-Sitap, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. And introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder. She has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everybody. Mina here. If you listened to last week's episode, you heard from one of our masterminders, Aaron Port of Simple Purposeful Living. It was so super inspiring that we decided to give you another episode from Suzanne of Three Best Bakery, another masterminder that is going to give you an update at the beginning of this episode. You'll get to hear a little nutshell of her story before we go into her aired recording of the Female Founders episode. So again, I wanted to remind you that often when we hear people's stories, it sounds like they are overnight successes. And it simply is not true. Before Suzanne was our masterminder, she was a multi-stream machine student. And before she was a multi-stream machine student, she was navigating her brand new business by herself. So her journey went really fast, but she took the steps. So friends, I wanted to remind you, you are exactly where you need to be. And coming up very soon, we have our free workshops for best year yet that go into our free bestseller secrets challenge, which is incredible. So we all start somewhere and you need to just continue to take the steps forward to grow your business. So make sure that you sign up for the free workshops and the free challenge that are in the show notes today. Okay. So first let's jump into Suzanne's update. Hi, my name is Suzanne Godbold, and I'm the owner and creative director at Three Best Bakery, a boutique bakery located in central Arkansas. I opened my storefront business in December of 2019. Before that, I had been a home cottage baker um, and really just grew my business enough that I felt very confident in opening a storefront. And so 
I opened in December of 2019 and had three super good months right before everything kind of shut down with the global pandemic. So 2020 um, was kind of just a whirlwind of a year. Basically, it was all about just surviving my first year really in business as a storefront bakery. I was able to do pretty well and actually hit six figures in my first year here. But, you know, it was really kind of just trying to figure it out as I went. I have a degree um, and worked as a respiratory therapist before I did this. So I didn't really have any business experience and I didn't, I really didn't know what I was doing, but I knew that I had a good product and I knew that I had the confidence in myself that I could have a successful business. So moving out of 2020 as my first year in my storefront, I really started to look around to find different resources to kind of help me through my journey because I didn't, I I didn't know anything about anything. I started listening to different podcasts and searching for different business coach type people on social media. And I think I started getting some targeted advertising from the product boss about the launch of multi-stream machine. And that was coming up in January of 2021. And so I started just kind of looking into it. Didn't really know if it was something that I wanted to invest in. It seemed like it was, you know, a big investment for me at the time. And um, so I started to learn more about it. There were um, a couple of lives that I went to and just hearing everybody's story. It just felt right. I had found some other coaches that were definitely service-based and it, it really just felt right. Like I felt that even the stuff that you had talked about briefly is something that I could implement and it would change my business immediately. I think one of the, the best pieces of advice that I got during one of the live sessions with y'all was that if you look through the different modules and you think that even one module will help your business in some way, whether it's the Amazon module or the social media module or the email module or the systems, anything like that, if there's even just one, then it's probably going to be worth your time. And man, oh man, was it. It, Multistream Machine truly changed how I started thinking about my business and how I was able to put a plan together into just kind of getting to a stable spot and figuring out how I got to a six-figure year the year before. The main thing that I was lacking were systems. And when I was doing it by myself, it was easy to just kind of do everything on a whim. I took care of what needed to be taken care of and, and that was fine. But then I started realizing that I was at my full capacity and I needed help. And so I hired my first employee And it became very apparent that I was just really making it up as I went along. There was no rhyme or reason for anything. I did things just because that's how I'd always done them. Things like keeping inventory of all of our raw ingredients and, you know, just random things like when I checked my email and I checked it, you know, every 30 minutes and tried to answer emails and there was, there was just no rhyme or reason to anything that I did. And so I really worked through the systems module of multi-stream machine and it helped me really get a 
plan in place of what I needed to be doing, what my team needed to be doing, and how everybody could be working together for a common goal. Thank you, Suzanne. What an incredible update. We so appreciate you. And my favorite part of Suzanne's whole entire update is when she said that she started thinking about her business differently. I think that's so important for all of us to remember that we need to up-level our mindsets as much as we need to take the steps forward to approach our goals and our business as a business, right? So, so good, Suzanne. Thank you so much. You are incredible. Now let's jump into her entire episode of Female Founders Story. Well, hello, friends. Welcome back for another Female Founders episode. We are so excited because we have Suzanne back on the show from Three Best Bakery. So Suzanne, hi and welcome. Hello. Happy Thursday. (laughs) Happy Thursday. I know. It feels weird being a Thursday, huh? Somebody was like, you're live on a Thursday? (laughs) <laughs> I'm unsure of what day it is or when the weekend's coming. <laughs> yeah, I feel yeah. <laughs> so Suzanne, for, um, and as people are joining us, say hello in the comments. Um, but for people who don't know who you are, tell us a little bit about you, your business, where you are, what kind of business yeah. you have. Absolutely. I'm Suzanne Godbold, um, and I'm the owner and creative director of Three Best Bakery. We are a boutique bakery in Benton, Arkansas, which is right in the center of the state. And we make... All the best cookies ever and ship them all over the nation. And yeah, yeah you do. <laughs> and what are you known for? What type of cookies, Suzanne? So our specialty is our smash cookie. Um, that's kind of what we decided to call it. It's a soft sugar cookie that we smash before we bake and uh, smother it in buttercream. And it's delicious. And there's a whole bunch of different kinds. And even yeah. my kids really love the chocolate one, but there's vanilla, there's s'mores, there's... Any anything your heart desires, it feels like. Yep, vanilla is kind of our our OG. It's it's our best seller. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you actually own a bakery, so physical brick and mortar that's making wedding cakes and cookies, and has custom orders, and you have a team that's baking, and then you also have this online side of your business for Three Best Bakery, where you ship your cookies, like you said, nationwide, right? Yes, and that definitely came out of the pandemic. It was never. Um, in my original business plan when I opened in December of 2019. Um, so I had three good months before everything changed. So it was really like, talk about pivoting. Two parts of my business plan were just gone. Couldn't teach cookie decorating classes and couldn't have people in the shop. So you also it, missed out on wedding business, right? Like wedding cakes. That was a big part of business. It was, um, and all weddings were canceled. So we missed out on a lot of stuff that, that first year, but luckily it was just me at that point. I was bootstrapping it by myself. So I didn't have to lay anybody off and, you know, I didn't have to, uh, financially be in a situation that wasn't good. So how'd it go? How'd 2020 go? You know, it was good. I consider it my first year in business. And I feel like if I could survive and, and thrive, I really felt like I was thriving in 2020. I feel like I can do anything. Right. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Especially as a local bakery and you pivoted, you started selling online. Not everybody was capable or had the, you know, fortitude to, to move forward, you know? So you did it, even though it was your first year and you really didn't know what you were doing. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, and of course, a like business plan doesn't have a built-in <laughs> pandemic plan. So, no. you know, you did great. So that's amazing. Yeah, it was it was a lot, but I hit six figures um, in my first year of business. So, yeah, it's wild. Yeah. It's a wild journey. <laughs> so, a lot of people had met you through on the podcast and like in, in our communities because we had done a like a mini strategy session with you. So, let's talk about like uh, where you were and where you are now, sort of situation. Absolutely. So I didn't even find y'all until January. Um, you came up as a sponsored ad on my Instagram and I had been, you know, trying to find a business coach or something. Um, I went to school to be a respiratory therapist. I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I was going to work for someone else forever. And then I got this bug and decided to do it, but I needed help. So found y'all immediately got multi-stream machine and then right after that, basically got that hot seat coaching. And I was really, I wasn't struggling at that point, but I really had no idea what I was doing. I had hit six figures um, and I wanted to do it again, but I didn't really know how I did it in the first place. So it, I didn't feel like it was reproducible. It So I hit six figures and then really just working with you guys and implementing everything from multi-stream machine, just the systems in general, you know, like before I found you guys, I would run out of ingredients every single day, every single day, I would have to run to Walmart and get more sugar or get more eggs or it, it was madness, y'all. It was madness. Um, well, I mean, it was a pandemic. It was for your first year. So you're not a trained baker then? No, 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 no. I taught myself how to do this. Three Best Bakery comes short story of the long story. It was me and my two best friends. We all had full-time jobs and babies, and we wanted a reason to get together and intentionally fellowship with each other. We were like, let's figure out how to decorate sugar cookies. I just kind of latched onto that. Um, I ended up leaving my full-time job and staying home with my kiddos for a little bit. And then missed working. So I just started growing the business side of things and then decided, yeah, I've made $3,000. I can open a storefront. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I'm not trained in this. I'm totally self-taught. I've only taken like two cookie decorating classes and now I teach them. So are yeah. you art- were you artistic growing up though? Because I mean, I think you have to have some sort of artistic ability for the way that I watch you decorate your cookies. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. Um, I grew up really in musical theater and dance, not really creative, but my mom is a watercolor artist. Um, and my dad is an entrepreneur uh, and very business savvy. He was in personal computers in the 80s. So, you know, he was an entrepreneur. PC? Is that for PC? PC, personal <laughs> computers. You got it. <laughs> this whole conversation of Mac versus PC before you jumped on live. So this is perfect. <laughs> yes, yes. So, um, you know, I thought... I've gotten a lot of information from him about it, but yes, my mom does watercolor. And so I feel like this is the best of both worlds. I get to use both sides of my brain. There's science involved. There's business involved. I get to be creative every day. So yeah, it's, it's really the best job for me. (laughs) Very cool. So then you joined the mastermind actually. So signed up for the mastermind. How many months ago? I was so scared. I think I joined in March. Okay. March. Cause I was like, pay myself join the mastermind. And I was like, okay, we're going to call this paying myself. We're going to take what I was going to give myself and 
salary and I'm just going to invest in myself. Cause I was like, literally don't know what I'm doing. I don't have a plan. I knew how to make you goals won before. that strategy session too, right? Didn't you yeah. win it in a giveaway? Yeah. I did. So, you know, that strategy session, we were like, okay, well, we know her business. It's like she's gone through, you know, this time with us and we gave her the strategies and stuff and we saw you taking action and we kind of gave you a pass in because of that. Um, so glad we did, by the way. Yeah, you, you absolutely qualify now. I think that <laughs> so crazy listening to your story, how the stars are really aligning here because it's like, you started off with $3,000. You didn't even intend, you didn't, you weren't going to be a baker. You were going to be, um, what did a you say? A therapist. Yeah, a respiratory, respiratory therapist. Which you could have worked a lot last year on that, let me tell you. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Like like crazy how that flipped, right? You're like, that would have been your year. So yeah. Yeah. You opened a bakery, a pandemic hits, you meet us, you join our mastermind. Well, first you win a, you know, strategy session, you join multi-stream machine. We're like, you should join the mastermind. It all just like the stars are aligning for you during this pandemic year. Let me tell you. Yes. Well, and you know, what really kind of pushed me into, um, after we had that strategy session and you guys were like, you should really consider joining the mastermind. And what, what kind of pushed me towards that was the advice that you gave me. So we really talked a lot about my pricing during that session. Um, because I was really having a hard time with local pricing versus website pricing and all of that. And I immediately took action and immediately saw a change. Um, I doubled my revenue because I, in, I doubled my prices from $1 to $2. And <laughs> that's it, simple, right? as simple as the math gets right there. And it, it felt like I was cheating on a test, you guys. I was like, my mind is blown. I just doubled my revenue. What? <laughs> so, so that was really, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Cause, cause that was the thing, right. And, and you as, cause now you've hired a team, but when it was just you and, and a lot of people, especially bakers, custom people who make custom made one of a kind type stuff, get really afraid of that growth because they think more revenue means more of you. Right. But you didn't right. necessarily make more sales, perhaps like you knew the sales that were coming in and you could keep up with them, but you had increased your revenue. You know, you had raised your prices. Yeah. So one plus yeah. one equals two, right? Like it, it was so simple. Like you said, Right. And it, it literally was the same amount of sales that I had been seeing over like a week, but double the revenue at the end of, and I was like, my mind is blown. My mind yeah, is it's blown. actually more than double though, because if you, the raw goods go towards the same cookie, you're not right. doubling the raw goods. Anyways, right. you know, yes. Don't right. get, yeah. don't get technical, Nina. <laughs> right. I do get what you're saying. Yeah. I do yeah, get what yeah. you're saying. But yeah. when it comes so, to numbers, it was double. like, I was uh-huh. seeing the numbers just go way up. And so that was like a huge change. And what, what I really have liked about the mastermind, and I was listening to the podcast that came out this week, this morning about being set up to be an entrepreneur or set up for success and oh, inevitable success, inevitable success. Yes. And so I was listening to that this morning and I was like, you know, it's so true. I've never really given myself permission to think bigger um, and think what it could be. I have dreams and I have like ideas of what I want it to look like, but you know, I, my first year, I never thought that I would become a six figure business owner in 2019. I made $9,000 and was like, I can open a store. It's just crazy. Or I had 3000 thought I could open a store and ended up making 9,000. I was like, sweet, doing good. And then, so 
to go up $90,000 um, in 2020, it, it really, it's hard. Um, and I feel like I still have a lot of mindset stuff to work on, which is why I like the mastermind because it's kind of a good combination of people that have been where I've been um, and are still, even though they may be at a higher revenue level than I am, you know, we're all still kind of working through these, these challenges together. Such a good point because I think, and and we've said a lot of the time, and we talk about this in the mastermind often, but a lot of the times it's the business owner getting in the way of their own growth, right? And, and it's mindset and we kind of block it. And so this is a, it's a mixed mastermind. Like we said, there's majority of the people are six figure, multi six, seven figure, but you, I'm sure like you just said, you can see that people hit that because we know intimately our revenue levels within the right. group. Right. Um, we're, we're open about our numbers. We want we want our business owners to be open about their numbers because this is the place that you get to share it, be vulnerable and also take action and like we celebrate each other's wins. So and be proud of each other. Yeah. And be proud of ourselves. That's yeah. what I like. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. but you get to see also when you're looking at someone, you're like, I they just had a forty thousand dollar month or an eighty thousand yeah. dollar month, but then they're also coming up against mindset stuff. I think it's really helpful. And I think that's the beauty of a mastermind a lot of times is that like you get to peek behind the curtain. Yeah. of other business owners and their mindsets, right? And then also work through it together. Definitely, definitely. You know, before I started the mastermind, I was like, I could not hit a five-figure month consistently. You know, I can... If I hit eight or 9,000 a month, that's great. I mean, that's huge for me. And now I'm consistently at um, five-figure months and doing great. And it, and it was definitely a lot of, I needed to get out of my own way. And it's kind of like a control thing. It's like, yeah, that's why I don't want to give it up. A lot of the times when people are afraid of numbers or they, a lot of times people start businesses and they just do what they do. They don't really set intention. They don't set goals. They just, they know what their, you know, their tasks are and they just go about it. But when Mm -hmm. you start in the mastermind, for example, we normalize talking about numbers. We normalize talking about um, you know, business life and juggling and doing all the things, making hard decisions, all that stuff. And then it feels like you get control of it. So it's like you literally took control of your numbers. You took control of where your life was going to lead. Um, and it's different because I've seen entrepreneurs that they'll be entrepreneurs for 30 years and and still have no idea what the possibilities for the business are because they just have never thought about it. They've never just taken the control of the reins, you know? So you did that in year one. So here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And one of the other things is that I have to, I've been getting to a place where I have to understand that I'm not the only person that can do this. Mm -hmm. I'm not some genius baker, master, decorator, everything that, and and that was one of my big things was that I don't want to give that up to someone else because I don't know if it's going to be up to my standards or I don't want to give up baking my sugar cookies because I want it done in a specific way and no one's going to be able to do it like me. No one can smash the cookie like you. I'm telling you, (laughs) I'm telling you. And honestly, I still sometimes I'm like, can you, can you just do it a little bit, just a little bit different, just like this. Um, So, but they, they, uh, they go along with it and are very, they're very kind. Um, But But yeah, so it's been a lot of that, like understanding that I'm not some magical unicorn when it comes to the things that are happening in my business, 
the the magic comes from my vision and my dreaming and my ideas behind the business. And I can always teach someone how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been, that's been big. And that's really where the growth has, has happened. You know, I'm not the one making scooping a thousand smash cookies a week. You know, I have my team helping me with that now. And now I don't even really touch the smash cookies anymore. My team bakes them, they ice them, they package them and they get them out the door. And I'm totally hands off. And I used to be the one scooping and smashing and baking. You come up with the flavors and the schedule and the everything. Right. right? So, right. Yeah. yeah. She gets to live in her best creative mm-hmm. visionary world. Right. And like you said, so let's talk about that because we talked about you doing all of this by yourself. What does your team look like now? So um, I have a full-time, we call her my front of house manager. So she is the one who does all the customer service. She does all of the invoicing, talking with clients on their custom orders, that sort of thing. And then I've now moved her actually given her the manager position. I was still kind of trying to be the manager, even though that's what I hired her to do. So she is now managing the other employees as well. Um, so, and then I've got a part-time baker and I actually just brought on a second part-time baker. He started this week. So I'll have two part-time bakers. And then we've got another person that helps with our packaging, our retail side, checking customers out, all of that stuff side of things. So yeah, I'm up to three part-time people and one full-time person. Congratulations. I love it. Thank you. I think that sometimes when we have bakers come in because they're artists, you know, you're literally a cookie artist, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we get, sometimes people think if I teach somebody something, then they'll, they'll, they'll go make their cookies and then they can start selling the artistry too. But what they don't realize is that you, Suzanne, for example, let's say you hired somebody, you have hired people and you know they have skills like baking skills and cookie, they're cookie artists, essentially, they would still never be able to catch up with you. you know. Right. So right. you as the artist and the visionary of your business is just completely different still than a cookie artist that's over here on this other side. You know, right. so... I think, you know, we've been getting a lot of artists actually into our ecosystem, I feel like, into multi-stream machine, into even the mastermind. And therefore, we, I used to think it was makers, but it's especially artists that their switch has to happen for them where they find their voice and that they realize that that is the thing that is different than even if they hire somebody to do it, you know? Right. Right. And you know, the baker that I first hired, her whole thing was, I want to own a bakery someday. I want to get the experience. I want to be in the kitchen. This is what I want to do. And I do eventually want to open a bakery. I said, great. She's young. Um, and she wants to go to school for (laughs) that. So we have open conversations and I've been very honest with her about the business side of things because she wants to learn about it. And we were talking last night and she was like, you know, the more I learn about everything that goes into <laughs> running a business and seeing you work the hours and do the hard things, she's like, I think I'll just work for you. And I was like, <laughs> okay, you know, that's fine. It's just a different path. And we're really lucky here. Um, early on when we were all, when I was still a home baker and doing this out of my home, we really cultivated a good community of home cookie decorators in central Arkansas. And so we've all kind of grown over the past five years together. 
And one thing that we found, and you guys have talked about this, you know, there's room in the marketplace. There is. We, in the cookie group, we refer customers. If I'm busy this week, I say, hey, I've got a customer that needs this for this weekend. Can anybody pick this customer up? And they send people my way. And so that's one thing that I've really enjoyed is that I don't feel like I'm in direct competition for customers with everybody else. We have plenty of customers. Everybody wants cookies right now, you know? And I have the capacity to do a lot more volume than they do, but there's still enough customers for everyone to go around, you know? So that's been good. And and volume is another thing that I had to get out of my way. I used to tell Alana, my, my manager, I used to say, I can only do six dozen cookies a week and get everything else done. Well, then as I added a baker, I'm like, okay, that has added so much more time back to my schedule, just her doing the smash cookies and the cakes and stuff. Now my limit is 12 dozen a week. And then it's just grown and grown. So I've been able to add more time to my schedule. And now my new baker is going to be the one who's actually baking the sugar cookies. Cause that's another thing that I've never given up control of. So he's going to be making the cookie dough, rolling it out, cutting out everything. And that's going to add another five to 15 hours back to my week that I've been spending in the kitchen, rolling out sugar cookie dough. Amazing. So it's just, it's definitely a growth and it's an evolution. And I've had to go kind of slow with it just for myself to process. And I, I feel like I take about a month to process big changes, but my team has now realized that. And so we start talking about big changes that need to potentially happen a month ahead of time so that I've got time to process and work through it and think about it. And I'm not one of those that's like, it needs to happen right now. <laughs> I'm like, hang on, I need to... I need to decide. Well, if I mean, you're right. growing lightning fast, even, even with that month processing. So, yeah. you know, it, at least you're not getting to the point of burnout because it can be hard when you're hiring, especially to feel like, you know, you have to onboard people and teach them things and be on their schedule too and coordinate with your schedule. So it's a lot of happenings all at once. Yeah. Um, I heard this thing. I was listening to a podcast episode um, by... Denise Duffield Thomas. She was talking about being, she was talking about like now that she is a millionaire essentially, but she, you know, which we talk about in the mastermind and how that feels very different, right? Like you have to make these different decisions. And one of the things that she said, and I hear it in you too, is that I love the way that you're shifting it to be that time is your currency, right? You're like, okay, when you start becoming the visionary of your business, your currency really is your time. You're saying, you know, this can save me 10 to 15 hours a week. This can have me do that, you know? So I love hearing that from you because that's essentially, if we could all embrace that, then we could move towards, you know, feeling like, oh, okay, that is the thing that really is the value, the most valuable thing for me and my business. Yes. The other thing that um, we've really worked hard and Alana, my schedule my manager, she's really worked hard with me that I get here after I drop my kids off at school. So I get here about eight and I clock out at five. And I never used to do that. I would call my husband and be like, sorry, babe, can't come home again tonight. I'll be home around midnight and just continue to work, 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 work. And now, you know, I've really had to be aware and 
aware of my time management and all of that so that I leave at five and I can go hang out with my kids and my family. Um, So that's been a big change too this year. I'm just going to jump in really quick to interrupt this episode because I have to ask you a question. Can you believe we're already full steam ahead into another year? I know it's unbelievable. And we know you have big goals for your product business this year, and we're here to help you reach them. In all of our years helping product bosses, we find that one of the biggest things that they struggle with is setting their businesses up to truly scale and thrive. They don't know how to organize their time or handle the influx of orders when they do scale or how to even stand out in a crowded market. So question for you, product boss, do you ever feel like you're juggling so much in your product business without knowing where to focus or how to reach your goals? We feel you. It's no secret being a product boss isn't easy, but there are things that you can be doing right now to help your business thrive this year. And we're here to help you do that. We are hosting a free series that includes three info-packed workshops to help you kick off your best year yet. So if you're feeling like you don't have enough hours in the day, or you don't even know what you should be focusing on to grow, or like your business can't even handle the influx of orders you want because you're making everything yourself, or like you don't know how to stand out in a crowded market, well, we've got you covered. That's why we created our upcoming free workshop series. The Product Boss's Guide to Your Best Year Yet. We're hosting three free workshops where we're sharing some of our biggest tips and tricks on how to have your breakthrough year in 2022. And the first workshop kicks off on January 20th. If you want to join us for free, just head to theproductboss.com slash best to save your spot. And let's grow this year together. So again, head to theproductboss.com slash best or head to the show notes and just click right there and we'll see you inside. Question for you, Product Boss. How much time, effort, and money do you spend promoting your business each year? Do you feel like it's paying off? Are you getting tons of visibility or do you feel like you're struggling to get more eyes on your products? This is exactly why we created the Small Business Shopping Directory. The Small Business Shopping Directory is an all-in-one place for customers to shop, discover, and support small product businesses every day. It's a place for you to be visible to new customers and get discovered. The Small Business Shopping Directory is the number one small product-based business directory that gets your business in front of thousands of customers who want to support and buy from small businesses just like yours. It's a perfect way to get your products in front of eager buyers this season without having to spend thousands on ads. Our goal is to get you more visibility and to get more eyes on your business. And here's the best part. We're doing this together. The directory is a way for small businesses like yours to join forces and create a big impact because customers can finally find you online and offline. They can support you with their purchasing power. It will take all of us to create this movement of supporting small and we can do it together. So are you in? We invite you to join the small business shopping directory. This is your personal invitation to get listed today. You can get up and running in just minutes. So don't wait. You can join now and get your listing by heading to shop one in five.com and click on the link to get listed. Are you paying yourself yet? A little bit. I'm adding a little bit every month. I feel like I'm adding a little bit to my salary. So yeah, I move at the speed of cash. (laughs) 
I move it to see the cash. Um, I know we've, we've got different views on, on this, but, um, but yeah, so adding, adding more people to the team and, you know, I've had to kind of make decisions on, on where money is going, but, but yeah, so I do actually, I'm on payroll now. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, but I mean, usually startups, we always say this when you first start, you reinvest into your business a lot and that's what you did. Essentially. Yeah. It's like, being in the mastermind, pay myself or in another thing was hire these employees or pay myself. So there is like, I mean, you've grown so quickly. So it has to be kind of like big reinvestment decisions. But but as you said, Mina, that would like um, time as currency, for example, Mm -hmm. you've bought back this time right now. So while you're paying other people to work for you, you get to be home for dinner. Yeah. Right. So that's like, that's, that's where you're at right now because you've grown so fast. And the other thing for everyone who's listening is if you had said like you were able to make X amount of dozen of cookies by yourself. And then when you hired someone, you could make X amount of cookies more. So Mm -hmm. it takes that, like, that's what we, we talk about, you know, in terms of scaling your handmade business, it takes other people to make more because you would hit capacity and you would never hit these revenue metrics goals. You wouldn't have more time in your life had you not hit that because your capacity grew. Right. Yeah. My next goal is to hire someone to do the cakes for me because Mm -hmm. I hate decorating cakes y'all. And it is such a big revenue maker (laughs) for me. Is it? What percentage of your business's cakes do you, do you know? So my, so my top three revenue generators are custom decorated sugar cookies, custom cakes and smash cookies. So my time, what I do is not smash cookies, but so it's about 50, 50, um, in, cakes and cookies like but they, custom versus off the shelf yeah um the revenue or the profit margin i mean um in cakes is significantly higher yeah i would imagine um significantly higher so that's why i've really had to kind of embrace even though i don't like it i've had to embrace it because it's mm-hmm. such a money maker um it takes a yeah. lot less time expertise, everything than the cookies. But knowing your data, like knowing this, right? I Mm -hmm. love that you can answer the numbers, right? Because knowing your data makes you help to make decisions better. Yes. You know, that you get to to make those choices. Do I keep this? Because a lot of times we come up against like, what do I do? What do I do next? Do I keep this product? Do I drop this product? But when you know what's my best seller, what are my profit margins? Like the time that it takes, the percentage of my business that's being compensated with that um, is just all important information because you're the business owner that needs to make those higher level decisions, right? right? And then let your team know what to do next. Well, and before the mastermind, I never would have... I, I knew my profit margins on things, but I never would have added as many cakes in or you know, really looked at the numbers and said, I need to make this amount of cakes to make this amount of revenue and, mm-hmm. and really see how that works. Yeah. Also the seasons. So her cakes, for example, offset her anti-smash cookie season. So smash cookies can't be done in the summertime. So it has to be something that you can make money. Yeah. So yeah, they'll melt in the mail. So the, the cakes are actually a good revenue stream. It's like how sometimes people will do wholesale, for example, and the off seasons, you know, like we said, um, Brooke would be happy. She does wholesale during the summers because she does knit hats. So you can definitely play around with that. Um, but yeah. Yeah, they were a lifesaver this summer because our our retail stuff really dropped this summer, but wedding cakes definitely kept us afloat. 
Yeah. So what would you say since being in the mastermind? Because you you definitely jumped very quickly from, you know, MSM into the mastermind, but we saw this potential in your business and we were correct, right? Like, look at, <laughs> look at you now. Um, what would you say is sort of like your biggest takeaway from being a part of this mastermind with the group? Like, what do you think it's, what kind of change has it made for you? Really, it's been a lot of mindset for me. I feel like I have the potential to be a successful business owner. That I am a successful. Yeah, I feel like you have the potential. I mean, you're there. You yeah. touch that, right? Like you can right. see it, right? And I and I'm I'm tr- I'm learning to embrace that. That I I am a successful business owner, and I can do this. Um, and it's it really is nice to be able to bounce ideas off of the people in my cohort, in the rest of the group, the big group, the small groups. It's just so valuable, and I learned things that I never that I never would have even thought to think about from the mastermind. So I, that's the most valuable for me. It's, I, you don't know what you don't know. And so we talk about things in the mastermind that are just, that I d- didn't know I needed to know. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's a meeting of minds, right? And bunch of yeah. and ideas and then strategies. And that's the reason why it's an application process. And it's, it's a very vetted and selected process because we also want to make sure because for example, for you, even though maybe your revenue level wasn't there yet, you you as a person could contribute and give so much back to this group. And so I think that's part of what we look at when we're looking at who should be in the mastermind. It's also like, well, maybe maybe their business experience isn't where they want it to be yet, but what what else can they contribute? And um, and it's really helpful that you're also their givers. willingness to contribute. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's really this yeah. mentality of give. Um, and so you definitely are of that spirit, like you definitely are such a giver. You contribute to being, showing up for your business and showing up for other people too. And then showing up, um, you know, in a way that you want to move forward. So it's just, I mean, obviously our safe bet of letting you in was... (laughs) (laughs) We just, we say that because, because we really, you know, the, the group that we want to, we that we want to move forward because the thing is, is that sometimes at the revenue level that you were at, like for those of you under a hundred thousand, yeah. there's a lot of coaching it's that hard. goes into it. It's like, what's next? And so a lot of times other business owners in that, that stage are like, tell me what to do next, right? They don't have their own momentum. They're not necessarily making their own decisions and want to, wanting to run those decisions by people, but rather like, well, what do I do here? Well, tell me the exact details. And that's not what a mastermind is meant for. Mastermind is meant for like higher level strategy, up leveling you as a business owner, getting you out of your own way, building Absolutely. a team, you know? And so that's, but we saw that in you from that strategy session that we're like, Ooh, she can implement quick. You, mm-hmm. I mean, you sold a ton of cookies on that live call. I remember you were like, mm-hmm. I'm going to cry. I got so many orders before you yeah. raised your prices. <laughs> yeah. Everyone was like, get in on the bottom. It's like, change your price while you're on live with us right now. <laughs> And then you updated us and you're like, ladies, I've doubled, you know? And so it's like, it was that, it was like that idea of that momentum behind you. We're like, Ooh, this is, this is someone that can make decisions. Mm-hmm. You did with a $3,000 business, you started a bakery. So that very much is, yeah, shows I, who you are. I, I had a lot of gumption behind it. I was like, I, 3,000 bucks, man, I can, <laughs> I'm I can, I can, I can, do this. I can make this into 6,000. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so I can, I can open a storefront with $3,000. But it takes some of that, right? Like I think as yeah, entrepreneurs, it takes that, it's a risk taking. 
Yeah. It's the ability to take a leap without necessarily know where you're going to land, but you see it. And I think you said that in the visioning part of you, like you saw something so clearly forward. And, and that's something I think why people, you know, our followers and people who are listening as entrepreneurs, there's a slight risk taking. I've had this conversation, a woman in the military who jumps out of airplanes and flies airplanes told me that I I was like, wow, you're such, I was like, you're such a risk taker. I could never jump out of a plane. And she goes, me? She's like, I could never start a business and be fully reliant on my own business. And I was like, oh, those are the two different, you know, we each see different risks, different, we have different tolerance levels of that. And so I think you're just a very good example of taking that leap forward without necessarily knowing where you're going to land, but you have a belief that you are going to land and you're going to grow. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The other thing that has been a big mind shift, mindset, mindset shift is that, and I even think I put this on the application for my mastermind application, but, um, I said, I don't, I don't know anything about anything. I don't know what I can contribute, but I know that I work really, really hard to get where I am. I know that I've gone through a lot. I mean, I opened a brick and mortar bakery right before a pandemic hit and totally pivoted my whole business. So I feel like I've, a uh, I feel like I have something to contribute now. Yeah. Whereas before it was like, I don't know anything about anything. So yeah. You you knew a lot about a lot. I just want to, but yeah. that confidence right. level, right? Right. Believing that I knew what I could talk about. Yeah. I mean, everybody has their own experience. I think that, you know, it, it, we get that sometimes in those applications. People are like, I don't know what I'm going to contribute. And you may think that now you do, but you did all along, you know, you were, you know, you created a bakery. You actually were with two other people, two other partnerships. Entrepreneurs are built differently. So even in that scenario, right, it's different. Also, you're, um, you had, you have an entrepreneurial dad and you have our uh, artist mom, you know, so a whole bunch of different things that your path led you in a different way than everybody else. So it's, um, you know, not so much like, what did you contribute because you learned in this entrepreneurial setting? I mean, our path is our path, you know? And so I think you have totally contributed and it's, you know, it's just you, you know? And that's what I was going to say, even, even in times that maybe, well, you've always actually spoken up. I love that. Like you're, you're, I can talk to the wall and have a good conversation. I love it. And so, and that's one of the things, right? Like, I think, I think even in the mastermind, the idea of people being collaborative and supportive, right? Yeah. Having a soft place to land, a place where you can share, um, a place where it's just like, you're doing great or we're here for you if you're feeling down. And I yeah. think you brought that and you do continue to bring that, you know? Well, thank you. I'm so happy I, to be there. I mean, I haven't ever met anybody from Arkansas and you just like, I, you know, you, well, there you go. She yeah. changed your opinion of the state. Yeah. <laughs> Like we know anything about that, that but and I'm a transplant. You know. I, I'm actually from Colorado. Um, oh, that's why. No, so. <laughs> we're totally kidding. But um, I do have a question. I don't know if you're willing yeah. to share this, but wh- what are your goals for this year? Like, you were a six figure last year. We're cutting. We're at September at the end of September. What's happening with you? Yeah, so I'm happy to share numbers. So my first year of revenue, I made nine thousand dollars. Twenty twenty, I hit a hundred thousand dollars. Like on New Year's Eve. And then right now I'm sitting at 115,000. Um, and my goal is to hit 200,000 by, by the quarter end. to go. Look at mm-hmm. that. I mean, so, that's huge. Yeah. 
at uh, fourth quarter of last year, um, I made half of my revenue. So I was I was at fifty thousand going into fourth quarter last year, and I made fifty thousand in fourth quarter. So I I fully believe that that we can do it. It's going to be a lot of hard work, but um, I I'm fully confident that I can hit two hundred thousand this year. I think so too. It's smash cookie season, by the way. Everybody buy some smash cookies because this, they're back. They are back. I yeah that it's a secret. Tomorrow. I'm I'm launching oh, it's, it oh, tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> Can we order them today? <laughs> um, they're back tomorrow. Let I let this. That's my secret announcement tomorrow <laughs> on my Instagram. No one's Smash here. No one's season. watching. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm super excited. Smash cookies are coming back. We're able to ship them. Um, they are delicious and I've got a lot of people hooked on them. Um, so people are ready for them to come back and, uh, I'm ready to ship them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited to see it. And then, you know, and then that's the thing, right? Like you wouldn't have been able to set a $200,000 goal or to hit, what is that? We're good, good at math here. Right. So $85,000 in the last quarter, if you didn't know what your capacity was. So you have this team of bakers, you're figuring it out. Like, you know, are they filling the cookies before you do the details? Like you're really figuring out how to scale. I know in our mastermind this week, we, we talked to you about strategy on how to raise your average cart value. For example, like how do we, now that smash cookies are back, how do you sell more of them to less people? ultimately make more money off of, you know, a certain amount of orders. And so by implementing these changes and going into the season, it's going to be really cool. But like, you wouldn't have done that if you were still on your own. No. Or still limited thinking Mm -hmm. like, I mean, would you have ever thought like, I'm going to hit 85,000 this quarter? It'd probably be like working till 2 a.m. Or something, right? You know, well, right. and and that was the thing when I first found you guys and joined Multistream Machine. I was like, I just need to do this again. I just need to to hit a hundred thousand again, and I'll be fine. Like if I can just repeat what I did last year. So to have already hit and gone over a hundred thousand, be home by five, and be home by five, it's, <laughs> it's a miracle. <laughs> it's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> miracle. So I'm just so excited. And we're moving into bakery season um, and all the baked goods and uh, cookies. And it's just so fun. I just love fourth quarter. So I've got a lot of, a lot of inspiration and excitement going into the quarter. Heidi said, signed up for your email updates and ready to order the smash yes. cookies. Listen, yes. Tomorrow, tomorrow is the day. They are Friday. launching tomorrow first, and we're first access here. Let's we're launching. Yes. We're launching with our two best selling flavors. So we'll have our vanilla and we'll have our s'mores. Yay. So those are our best sellers and we expect that they go fast. Yeah. yeah. Everyone get like six of each, maybe a dozen of each freeze. Can you freeze them? You can. Yeah. Oh, we've got a little in the freezer. I don't think yeah. I do, but just in case we do have an insert in the package, um, that tells you all about how to freeze them and, and how to make them last. So smart, smart, smart over there. Yes. So, so that <laughs> what I'm trying to tell all of you that are listening, order more of them, right? As Heidi mm-hmm. said, smart, yeah. but order a lot of them and freeze yeah. them because they may run out this season because you know, they're fresh baked cookies. So Order is <laughs> order. Yeah. Freeze, I plan to order. order I'm going to have our team order it for us like they did last time because every time, so we had ordered it the last time you're on with us, which, you know, you know, I'm superstitious. So I'm going to order some more just Perfect. to make sure the momentum keeps going. But my kids now, every time we get a package from a client, I'm like, oh, it's for my client. They're like, is it more cookies? <laughs> so it's literally been like 10 times. I'm like, no, there's no more cookies, you know? know. So this time, 
it'll be really exciting. And it's going to be kind of one of those things that we're going to have to see where our capacity is. Because right now, just with in-store stuff and client orders here, we're doing a thousand smash cookies a week. So now we're going to add shipping back on. And so we're really going to have to to see where we can grow that to and and mm-hmm. how we need to move things around. Yeah, that's the scalable part. So, yeah. you know, fourth quarter, for example, you're talking about making this, you know, 85,000, which you could do more than that. It just depends on capacity and scalability, you know? Yep. So, um, and the scalability part is the smash cookies. Absolutely. They are, they're one of our lowest touch products. Mm-hmm. You know, the, a fewer people touch them and they take less time um, and they don't require like my expertise. Mm-hmm. You know, we get to, everybody contributes. Well, like so. you said, I mean, there are, there are scalable products. So instead of it being yeah. custom sugar cookies, all of my friends out there mm-hmm. that do custom, custom cakes. Yeah. Or, or, you know, I'm going to do a baby shower and I need three of these, like, you know, baby bottles and three baby carriages and things like that. And like, you're really having to change the colors. The smash cookies are an awesome cookie that you're known for yep. nationally known for these smash cookies and mm-hmm. they're delicious. They're like, the frosting that you love from a cupcake with a cookie mm-hmm. and it's just, or like if you're the kind of person like me that loves Oreos and like I scrape out the inside, I mean, yes. these are amazing. Yes. And it's a soft sugar cookie. Yeah. It's soft. That's so, so if any of you are like, uh, yes, please, would you mind sharing <laughs> with everyone that's listening um, where they can buy from you, support you and follow you? Absolutely. So my website is threebestbakery.com and it's the word three, not the number. Um, and we are on Instagram at three best bakery and on Facebook at three best bakery. And yeah, so sign up on our newsletter and I'll send out a big email tomorrow about smash cookie launch. And there'll be big announcements on social media too. Yeah. Make sure to follow so that you're all, you all are aware of when they're selling out, what the new flavors are. Cause we're launching with s'mores, but there are going to be new flavors throughout the season and you're just, yes. it's going to become a thing. And I apologize now to your waistlines, but we're really (laughs) excited for the smash cookies. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) They're the best. They really are. And great and great gift too. So if any of you are thinking like someone's having something and you can't be there, you want to send a gift, it's a good client gift. I mean, they're just so versatile in in the stuff or like if you're hosting a a party or whatever, right? Let Three Best Bakery do the baking for you. And we do have gift options on the website. So we can... We've already got pre-made packs of cookies that we just put together and send for you. And, um, you know, we write your gift note for you and, and it comes and looks like a pretty present full of cookies. Amazing. And everyone loves cookies. (laughs) They do for sure. Yes. And then (laughs) in our communities, like, come on, like we, whenever we talk about the cookies are like, yes, I need these now. How do I get them now? So (laughs) threebestbakery.com they're launching. If you're listening to this in the future, they are available then because um, yes. a lot of people listening the night before. Um, so thank you for being on. We're It's such an honor to work with you in the mastermind and to really have seen your growth. And you're going to be a multi-six-figure business by the end of this year. So let's I see what we wait. get you next year. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. I'm so thankful for you guys. And just thanks for everything that you've done for me and um, have helped me. So I just appreciate you so much. Thanks, Suzanne. Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the Product Class Podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. 
And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive. And we are all about helping each other in the Product Boss community. We are all in this together. We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us.